0: Welcome to the Garden Path podcast, life lessons and conversations from the garden and natural world. I'm your host, Misty Little. Today, my guest is photographer Jimmy Fike, an Arizona-based artist who recently spent more than a decade photographing North America's edible and medicinal plants producing gorgeous photographic prints of his subjects and turning them into a beautiful coffee table book. The prints are meticulously photographed, designed to allow the viewer to get an up-close and personal view of the species displayed, supplemented with short narratives about each plant. In our conversation, Jimmy talks about how the project began and evolved through the decade plus of working on the project, his favorite species encountered, and how he photographs and works with each specimen. All right, on to the episode. Well, thank you, Jimmy, for um, well reaching out and
1: uh, wanting to share your book with me and and to speak about it on the podcast. But maybe you can take a few minutes, you know, I don't know a lot about you either. But if you want to introduce yourself, you know, who you are, where you're from, and you know your background in photography first.
2: Sure thing. Hey, yeah, I'm Jimmy Fike. I am originally from Birmingham, <laughs> Alabama. Uh, moved around a lot during my childhood, though, so I've also lived in Tennessee and Georgia and. Ohio when I was younger, but I've always considered Alabama kind of home. Uh, My undergraduate art degree is from Auburn University. And kind of late in my studies there, I became very interested in photography, but unfortunately they had limited offerings. So I took a few classes there in photography and went ahead and wrapped up my art degree, but I knew I wanted to study that in graduate school. So it seemed like a good idea to kind of go back to school and get a few more uh, upper level undergraduate photo classes under my belt, so ended up going to University of Alabama, Birmingham for a year and taking more classes there and working with Sonia Rieger, who was like my first really great photo professor and taught me so much and we became kind of lifelong friends and uh, it really helped me improve my portfolio and he got me into graduate school at Cranbrook Academy of Art and the rest is history. <laughs>
0: So
1: so with your your interest in photography, were you interested in the outdoors at the same time, or is that something you've kind of developed as you become uh, a more seasoned photographer?
2: You know, I, th- I think I've always kind of been interested in both, and in a lot of instances, they went kind of hand in hand. I was one of those uh, curious kids, you know, who, who walked around with a Roger Torrey Peterson field guide to the birds and. Had a subscription to like fishing uh, magazines, and gosh, I spent so much time outside in, in my youth, and I would kind of, uh, you know, do, do artwork like a naturalist would—you know, draw birds and draw fish and, and that kind of thing. So, in a strange way, they've always been a uh, couple, even though you know my later years kind of my artwork got away from that. But with <laughs> this, with this series, this project, kind of all came came back together.
1: Yeah. So this has been a, a quite a long-term project for you. How did you decide that you were going to embark on this, (laughs) this and make this, this, this big, um, a big project for you?
2: Yeah, it it has been a really, really long time. I think 14 years or so I've been, I've been working on this. You know, I I would say at the beginning, I didn't really uh, know that it would work out, you know, that I'd really stick with it and do it for that long. Uh, But you know, from, from the very beginning, I kind of had this quixotic idea that I would do a continent spanning collection of images. And that would take a, a really long time to do f- for sure. Uh, but it's hearkening back to some of my uh, heroes uh, as, as a boy, you know, uh, the William Bartrams and Audubons and uh, mm-hmm. Lewis and Clark sort of things, you know, that kind of epic projects that always kind of captivated my imagination. And I don't know, the, the, that era when art and science and exploration and adventure were kind of always you know, tied tied together, I think really, yeah, captivated me. And so this is my kind of nod to that. And without really uh, knowing whether I would be able to see it through, but it just, uh, it was just really uh, fun. I really enjoyed the series. So I kept with it and it started having, you know, a degree of success in the in the art world and that kind of. Kept me motivated in pursuing it. Uh, so.
1: Right. Well, um, no, I like
2: it's kind of I, it's kind of come to fruition.
1: Yeah. No, I like your your um, comparisons with the you know earlier uh, plant and naturalist explorers um, because you know it took them decades to build their herbariums and and to draw these plants out and to and to put it all together. And um, yeah, I can appreciate you kind of following back in their footsteps in to some degree um yeah with, with 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 our modern technology I can't imagine what they would have done with our modern technology
2: yeah yeah I can only imagine uh Bartram with photoshops
1: right <laughs> so so how do you I mean how do you go about searching for these areas did you already have come up with a list of plants that you wanted to um to see or are you just out there exploring and and kind of fumbling along at, at the beginning before you, yeah, did you come up with a plant list or were you just trying things out?
2: I think fumbling along is a pretty apt description <laughs> of my process. And I'm not trained in botany or uh, ecology or anything, you know, it's a kind of a, just a conceptual art project, you know, I just ha- had this idea and I just started buying a few used uh, field guides to edible plants and just walking. you know, simple stuff like my walk to work. I would just, start taking it slowly and trying to figure out what were these little green things I was passing every day and didn't have a name for. And, you know, it just kind of uh snowballs before you know it, you start to really recognize everything that's the surrounding you and knowing, knowing its story and uh, whether it's edible or medicinal or uh, used for crafts or, or whatever. Right. So, yeah. It's just been a, a really, uh, a slow process, but one with a real close looking and a real type of engagement. Um, uh, has been really pretty transformational. You know, I've learned so much through this series.
1: So, did you start once you you know started with your walks to work and, and finding the local plants or the local weeds that were popping up that were edible? Um, how long did it take you to start branching out and going to you know further afield um, to go looking out in the wilds?
2: Uh, not not too long. You know, uh, I've been really uh, lucky to be able to go to so many artist residencies. And you know they're just all over the country, so I, I realized that would be a really good strategy for me to getting to kind of far flung places and getting that sort of continent spanning collection of plants. As a uh, professor, I, I normally have summers off if I want it off, and so I've yeah I've just had really great luck at landing residencies. You know th- this work is so place specific. that I think it makes for a compelling application you know I'm like hey I really need to come to your place to find these plants please let me come work there right <laughs> so yeah I've just had really, really great luck and I've been to just beautiful places all over the country and found so many plants and work with so many uh, great great folks so.
1: so how are you often you have to hike in quite far to some of these locations or are some of them luckily close enough in the front country that you're not having to backpack and take all your equipment into the you know five miles out into the wild
2: well, you know, I, I do a little bit of of both, right? The the residencies they normally are in a nice uh, environment, and I can just kind of walk out from the studio and mill around some in those uh, those neighborhoods and communities, and uh, but also have kind of a portable system that I can use when I go just out on my own to a national forests and, and places like that where I've got a portable backdrop system and get out there with with my dogs and look. <laughs> you know, work out in the field. So I really enjoy that too.
1: So what is your, I mean, you don't have to describe your methods totally, but like, what is, what is your, I guess your method, your equipment you're using and, and the time it takes to get the photos set up, uh, you know, from digging the plants up to putting them on whatever you're mounting them to how does that process happen?
2: Yeah. So you know, this, this series, uh, this work is very like processy. So it takes, it goes through a lot of steps. So, uh, just let me know if this gets too long-winded. Yeah, no worries. Or you get lost in this, you know, no, we'll visual aids to show you, but yeah, the first step is just kind of walking around with my books trying to figure out what what the plants are and once I can find something that's edible, then, you know, I start noticing it everywhere once you kind of recognized it and try and find a really uh, nice specimen or two of the plant. And then I, I dig it up and uh, clean it really well the root get all the dirt off and stuff like that and then i normally have to get to work pretty quickly before the plant wilts and things like that and i pin it up on a white backdrop and i have to do a good bit of work with you know exacto knives and things like that to uh uh, get the plant to where i can make it totally flat Mm -hmm. photograph everything in, in great focus um, and at that stage, too, I, I take a lot of liberties with kind of uh, arranging the plant the way I, I want it to look. And I normally collect extra samples of you know, flowers or leaves or, or whatever and uh, kind of collage that all together. So these these are really um, like perfect versions of these plants, you know, archetypal versions. Right. Right. You never kind of find them this. this right. <laughs> right. So yeah, just photo, photograph it like that. Um, I usually do a method called photo merge where I photograph it in, in sections and then stitch it back together. So I can get a really big high res nice plant. And then I settle into just lots and lots of Photoshop, you know, it's very, very meticulous Photoshop work kind of, kind of, you don't, you don't really see it cause it just looks like a plant, you know, but mm-hmm. it's a ton, of ton of work to uh, get them this kind of perfect. And
1: um, well, I imagine that's where the, the, imagery because it's you know partially like black and white, partially colored in there. And I like the juxtaposition of of that. You get to see the, the plants in just a different light than you would see if you just were taking a portrait of it in the field.
2: Yeah, right. Like, you know, I'm kind of uh, riffing off of uh, photograms and contact prints of botanical specimens that were really some of the very first photographs that were ever made. You know, Henry Fox Talbot, some of his earliest prints where, you know, he just put a plant on a piece of paper and stick it out in the sun for a while, Mm -hmm. get a negative image. So right. Playing off of that tradition, but then I add color to show the part that's edible. So hopefully my system is kind of like, you know, it's easy to identify the plant as a whole. And then you also get insights into which part is edible.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. I, I appreciated that part as well. Now, you know, along the way you're digging up these plants to photograph, are you, are you eating or foraging with any of these and taking them home?
2: <laughs> you know, I really like to try everything that I can. Uh, so I'd say most of them I, I have tried and there's a lot of good stuff out there. Uh, some, sometimes it's just not ripe or maybe it's great. Right, right. It seems super polluted or whatever. So I'm not, don't feel comfortable eating it. Uh, but yeah, I like to try them. You know, I wouldn't really consider myself like a forager. You know, there's people that have that kind of whole lifestyle around that.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I, I consider myself more of a nibbler.
0: Yeah.
2: I'm <laughs> not a forager. So yeah, I love to, when I go camping or hiking, you know, uh, eat some stuff or collect a little bit of stuff to to bring home or, you know, certain times of year here. Uh, when Things are just yeah. a, in downtown Phoenix, you know, there's a lot of mesquite trees and Palo Verde. And it's great to kind of nibble on those and collect a few of those and stuff like that.
1: Right, right. Now, um, did you have any interesting stories? I mean, you said you went to a lot of uh, artist residencies, but is there any interesting people you met along the way or wildlife encounters while you're out, you know, looking for these plants to photograph?
2: I've met so many great folks and had so many uh, wonderful moments and, and adventures. And like I mentioned, just kind of learned so much too. Uh, and Millie Tibbs is one of the uh, people that wrote one of the Fords for the book. And I met her at a artist residency, and we've become uh, life- lifelong friends and real like peers in the photo world. Uh, Mark Worms is the, another person who wrote a Ford, kind of more from the science side of things. And I uh, met him at a residency. He's the executive director of the Bernheim. And that was a really great experience to work there as an artist in residence. It's the first time I got to work with like naturalists. You know mm-hmm. that. which is really cool to work with a naturalist and go on hikes with her and uh, learn learn about plants through her. So, you know, those kind of connections have been great. And just the plants themselves too are great, like teachers and storytellers. You learn so many just fascinating, uh, you know, historical anecdotes. uh, uh, And uh, I don't know, just I would say um, what's the right word? Kind of just stories about the, the, the plants themselves, how they function, like in an ecological sense. Right, right. Yeah, really, really rich uh, experience for sure.
1: Now, were there any species that you wanted to include but didn't, were able to because, you know, for whatever reason?
2: Yeah, uh, there's, you know, there's just so many edible plants. Yeah. Could, I could probably spend two or three lifetimes doing this <laughs> I wanted to stick with it, you know? And while I do have a, a, a catalog that uh, represents the con- continental U.S. and I can pull off kind of biome-specific exhibitions anywhere, there's still areas that I haven't photographed extensively in, like the Great Plains or upper Midwest or uh, kind of upper, uh, like, Northeast. Mm-hmm. I would really just love to be able to get a photograph of everything that was considered like a real staple of Native American diets. So, you know, I'd love to get some wild rice and, uh, oh, yeah, that would be nice. And, uh, blueberries, uh, cranberries. I don't know. There's just, yeah, there's, there's so many still out there that I would love, love to get. And I'm hoping I can, even uh, as this series winds down inevitably, I hope I can still kind of keep at it and add a few things here and there to round it out. Well,
1: maybe in 10 years, you'll have a volume two of this. <laughs> <laughs> Were there any plants that were your favorite after you, you saw them in the wild that you, that you look back now fondly on?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that a lot of the stuff in Arizona, you know, I live in Phoenix and surrounded by the Sonoran Desert. And this is all really new to me when I moved out here. So I've discovered so many new plants just, just living here. And a lot of them are just so good. Uh, so wolfberry it's a type of goji berry, it's delicious. Uh, desert holly grape is really good. Lemonade berry, yummy. Mm. All, all the cacti. Oh yeah. Most, most of the cacti have some really delicious fruit even though I can't really photograph them. Uh, it doesn't really fit with my series, but uh, yeah, it's just so so many delicious things. I like the little sour nibbles, uh, like sheep sorrel. Mm-hmm. Always a treat when I find that growing around. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: What, and you, how did you, looking back at this project, it's taken you more than a decade to put together, um, you know, how has it challenged you like personally and professionally? I mean, has it broadened your horizons into
0: other aspects of your photography career?
2: Yeah, that, that's a good question. Uh, you know, I think one of the big lessons this series has taught me is just something about patience, you know, really uh, sticking with something for this long but also just the kind of care and time it takes to craft one of these and uh, developing a real sort of commitment to really nailing the aesthetic and, you know, th- things like that have been such a such a valuable, valuable lesson and something that's changed, you know, as I've, as I've stuck with this series, I've become, strangely, you know, you think it may be the op- opposite, but the more I've stuck with the series, the more I think I've become more and more and more patient mm-hmm. and more, attentive to, to the details. And it's something I think I can you know take with me f- for, for, for all the work I, I do now is that right. level of, of care and just a type of, uh, I guess, belief in this incremental approach, you know, just working a little bit and a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And then uh, finally, you know, getting the results that you want. Right. Uh, that's really uh, a valuable lesson for me as an artist, I think.
1: Right, right. Is there anything you would do differently now uh, that you've had the time to look back and you see what you did at the beginning versus now?
2: Well, you know, hindsight's a beautiful thing. You know, I wish I was as good at this back then as I am now. <laughs> right. I, I feel like I got it down now. You know, I know the aesthetic, I know the process, I can hit that mark and uh, really be happy with the results, but so many of the early early plants I uh, just don't feel like are up to the quality of the later ones. So a lot a lot of the first few years of this aren't included in the book. And, you know, while I while did all the work to find and photograph and Photoshop the plants, they're just not quite up to the level of the more current stuff.
1: Right, right.
2: So, you know, if I could magically go back in time with the level of like, you know, acumen and that kind of stuff that I have now, that would be that would be awesome. Right, of course. But, but it didn't work like that. Uh, I think it was probably <laughs> you know, five or six years into this before I really kind of found, found my aesthetic, you know, found my voice and worked out the kinks of the process and you know, all that kind of stuff.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Well, Now do you have any upcoming or uh, gallery or art shows for your, for these prints um, and, or any in, in-person gatherings, you know, to, to promote the book that you'd like to share?
2: Well, let's see. Um, coming up this summer, I have an exhibition at the Pittsburgh Botanical Gardens. Oh nice. Yeah, and that's one thing I really hope uh, I'll have more and more of is kind of botanical garden exhibitions. It just seems like such a great a great fit for those spaces, so something I want to really try and devote my attention to. Things kind of really slowed down in the art world the last few years cuz of covid. Of, of course, yes. Hopefully it will be picking back up. Uh, see, also I have work right now on display with Garvey Simon Projects in Manhattan, New York. I think they have five of five of my pieces right there. Uh, and then I don't know, just kind of seeing what else this book opens up, you know, I think it's going to open up a lot of new doors for me and opportunities. So I'm really excited about all that kind of stuff and getting, getting the work out there because I really believe in its mission and you know, its goal and its potential to help people connect to nature. So yeah. It's a really exciting time.
1: And I mean, if they want, are people able to purchase prints from the book or, or where could they buy the book themselves?
2: I would love to sell people prints. Sure. <laughs> uh, my website is jimmyfike.com and I've got a tab there for uh, buying prints. Uh, and um, I'm sorry, what was the second question? The, yeah. Oh, where you can get the book. Yeah, so, yeah. It's kind of, I don't know, they seem to be distributing it everywhere. You know, all the major bookstores have it, the Amazons and Barnes and Noble and Books a Million. Okay. In Phoenix, I know they also are carrying it at Changing Hands bookstore. Okay, perfect pretty, perfect. pretty widely available. Yeah.
1: Are you currently working on any other projects or are you still kind of focusing on this to kind of
2: close out this era? Uh, a little A, little B, and I'm still uh, working on plants. I photographed, I think, five last summer in Arizona, and I'm doing the Photoshop work now on the last one of those five, which is Devil's Claw. Oh, nice. Really big, beautiful one. That's a wicked looking plant. And then I'm probably going to go back out on the road this summer and photograph some some new ones and mm. just kind of keep it, keep it rolling. But I've also been doing a lot of landscape work in, in Arizona. I'm just so captivated by this landscape here. So yes. For an hour. I've been trying to go out under the full moon and photograph the desert under the full moon.
1: Oh, that would be a fantastic book. I would love to see that.
2: Yes, it's it's pretty neat. It's been a little bit of a learning curve there, too, technically, but uh, getting some pretty good results. And I've been able to go out, I think, six months in a row now. So nice. I'm Halfway to doing a full year. That was kind of my idea to see if I could do a a full year of that and then uh, do something with those images as a as a series.
1: And I, I meant to ask earlier, now, are you shooting, I guess you do Photoshop, so I'm guessing this is all digital.
2: Yeah, this is all digital. I haven't shot film in a, in a long, long time. Okay. Okay, yeah. And, you know, I really consider this work, I don't know, as much like digital illustration as I do photography, you know, the Photoshop side of it is just so intensive and it just pulls, uh, draws on my background and drawing and painting and in 2D work like that so much that yeah, it's kind of a hybrid, hybrid thing between photography and digital illustration.
1: Right. Right. Well, I was going to give you an idea. (laughs) If you ever feel like branching out to more garden and plants, I think a, a garden or or like flower book of, you know, things that people grow in their gardens would be another interesting idea, but I'm sure you've got a chock full of ideas (laughs) that could feel a lifetime too. Yeah.
2: That'd be a cool idea too. And Really love to get down to the rainforest and the Amazon sometime uh, and be yeah. down there with uh, medicinal plants. Yeah.
1: yeah, so much, so much to cover.
2: <laughs> I know, only one life, so much to do.
1: Yes, yes. Well, where can folks follow you online? Do you have social media? Or uh, I know you mentioned your website where they could purchase your prints, and, but do you hang out on Facebook or Instagram, anything like that?
2: I really use Instagram a lot for my artwork and for uh, promoting it and meeting other artists and building a type of community around this stuff. So yeah, really Instagram's a great place to catch up with me and see what I'm up to. And my Instagram handle is just at Jimmy Fike
1: Perfect. I I will put that in the show notes and people will be able to click over to purchase prints and your book and follow you online and um, hopefully stay up to date with whatever is on your agenda in the next few months. Maybe they can come out and see one of your shows.
2: That would be great. I really appreciate
1: it. Uh, Do you have any final thoughts you want people to know about uh, Edible Plants,
0: uh, your book?
2: Well, you know, I think it's it's a beautiful book. I would consider it kind of a, a coffee table book that's patterned after a field guide. So the photography is really kind of the stars, big, beautiful reproductions of, of my photographs. And, you know, if, if, if you're new to this, I think you'll be utterly amazed at how many plants growing right outside your door that maybe you have never uh, named or known before are actually edible and medicinal. And it's, it can really just change, change the way you see your, your local environment for sure.
1: Well, thanks Jimmy so much for uh, reaching out and sharing the book with me and then sharing it with everybody else in the audience. And I appreciate you taking the time out here today to, to
0: talk with me.
2: Hey, my pleasure. I really enjoyed it and I uh, thank you so much.
0: That's it for my conversation with Jimmy Fike in the show notes for the podcast at thegardenpathpodcast.com. I'll have links to Jimmy's website where you can purchase his book and prints of your favorite species. I do hope you'll check out the book because I was stunned at how gorgeous it was when my copy arrived. It is one any gardener and naturalist will want to have on hand to refer to in the years to come. If you've enjoyed the podcast this season, please take a few moments to leave a five-star rating and review over on iTunes. It certainly goes a long way in helping the podcast, and I appreciate it as well. Thanks for listening, and happy gardening.